Welcome to We Fish ASA, the best darn fishing show on the radio or the internet in the entire USA. My name is Steve Sarley. My partner is Dave Kranz. We Fish ASA is always pleased to offer you conversation with the most interesting, the most informative, the most entertaining, as well as some of the biggest names in the world of fishing. We Fish ASA is brought to you by the proud industry members of the American Sport Fishing Association. In particular, St. Croix, the best rods on earth. Calcutta, makers of a line of products that fits your fishing lifestyle and passion. And Daiwa, we've got your bass covered. Yes, they do. Daiwa Reels. We Fish ASA presents a new episode of our one-hour podcast each and every week. It's available 24-7 everywhere you get your podcasts. Don't forget to get the free app for the We Fish ASA show. If you use iDevices, you can get the free app at the Play Store. Check that out. Don't forget the podcast is always available at our website, wefishasa.com. We Fish ASA is recorded and produced by Berserk Productions in Lando Lakes, Florida, by our executive producer, Brad Nearman. The countdown is on for the Nearman baby. Brad and Olivia are expecting less than a month away, I believe. Good luck, guys. On today's show, we welcome Dan Johnston from St. Croix. Randy Lemke, he's from Plano Molding. He also was one of the uh, board members, uh, head of the board of the we uh, the uh, American Sport Fishing Association a few years ago. He's been around for a long time. He's got some great stories and a lot of very, very good insight on the industry. And I get to talk to America's favorite fisherman. Yeah, the one and only Jimmy Houston. Always great to connect with my buddy, Jimmy Houston. First, let's let Dave Kranz connect with Dan Johnston. Take it away, David. As Steve said, I am Dave Kranz. This is the Wheat Fish ASA podcast. And this segment is brought to you by St. Croix, the best rods on earth. Welcome back, Dan Johnston. Hey, Dave. How are you? I am doing good. You're doing better than me. Dan. Dan's taping from on the water, so if you hear a little wind in the background or anything, but uh, he's uh, down in the Ozarks, and uh, we're, we uh, we appreciate that. Uh, today, we're going to uh, talk about why we use different sizes of baits. In, in my uh, tackle store in Northern Illinois, I, people say, well, who would use a bait that big? You know, a 12-inch worm or a, a monster whopper plopper for bass or a, you know, big spook and you know, and then you get the guys that want to use the tiny torpedoes or the small cricket hoppers. And, you know, uh, this is a good topic. I don't know if we've talked about why we use different sizes of baits. We may have, but not in recent times. Well, I know we've covered uh, big baits and we've covered small baits and colors and watercolor and all those things. I'm not really sure we've done a specific episode on why we choose different sizes of baits. So yeah, it's a good topic. And there's, there are a few rules of thumb, but there's certainly times you want to throw the book out the window too, for sure. And, and this applies to every species, doesn't it? Trappies, bass, uh, walleyes, panfish, pike. I mean, this, this applies to everybody out there. Yeah, well, there's no question about it. And I, I think the first thing, the first card we'd want to get out of the deck is the, the fallacy that small fish don't eat big baits. I mean, I think anybody that fishes has caught a crappie on a jerk bait that's shorter than the jerk bait or a, or how about the little warmouth sunfish that'll take a crankbait and it's got all three hooks in his mouth and it's impossible to get out and the crankbait's bigger than he is it's just you know it's that predator prey thing that uh blows our mind fishing but certainly don't be afraid to tie something big on when when the conditions dictate it no, I think sometimes the uh, that that makes us realize more than ever that it's a reaction bite. There's no way they can possibly swallow it, yet they they try. Yeah, whether they're trying to kill it, whether they are trying to eat it, you know, who knows? But uh, it's it's definitely a scenario where we want to keep our mind open to bait sizes. And I'll be honest with you, there's times. Uh, just as important where they will not bite something big and you've got to really downsize. I kind of learned that fly fishing. And um, sometimes when the, when, especially when they're on little tiny shad is the best example I can give people. That's the time of deal where you can pull your hair out unless you throw something super small. You can have them blowing up around you and they will not bite it. Sometimes they will, but there's occasions where they won't. Oftentimes that's when they're in little schools and they're up on the surface 
and those fish have to eat 10 of them, you know, and when they go blow them up and boy, you throw anything three inches long or bigger, they can be blown up right around you. They won't touch it. It's amazing. You put a little tiny twister tail on or a little tiny Kitek cut in half or whatever, and they'll smoke it. Yeah, and I, I think you uh, just uh, said something that people ought to realize. Probably the best fishermen that uh, we know, and and yourself included, that have fly fished at some time, and and I believe that helps them uh, matching the hatch or picking the right baits, and and they would be good at uh, choosing small and large because of that. Fly fishing has helped me so much I can't even put it into words, especially the entomology part and insects and the small alpha on the mayfly deal. It's helped me in spades. I mean, there's things I throw on spinning gear that are very un- un- uh, you know, unusual, and certainly there's some flies I have to catch them good too, but that's a great example too. But no, I mean, understanding what they're keen on, but then there's another side of the coin where you want to throw something that nobody else is, and sometimes... More is better and go opposite and big. And I remember of one of my dear friends, God rest his soul now, he, uh, a good friend of ours, Rick Miller, was his dad, Marv, told me one time, a big yellow gaudy jig with a giant white twister tail on a highly pressured lake. I said, why would I ever throw that? He says, because nobody else is. And I went out and caught him on it. I'll never in my life forget that. I, I've applied that so many times, not necessarily that exact bait, but something to the opposite of what people do, just the mere fact of giving them something they haven't seen. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, let's let's go with uh, plastics because uh, uh, let's start with for bass for plastic worm here. Uh, you know, there's four inch worms and there's twelve inch worms. When when would you use it, or do you have to kind of test the waters and see what they want? You do have to test the water, but there is a you know there is a rule of thumb on this one, Dave. I mean, the the summertime. Warm weather uh, or nighttime is the time you want to throw that 10-inch worm. It's just the classic staple bass um, technique. And, you know, in the springtime, between when they go on, I mean, they'll bite the jig year-round, but there is a phase where they go from jig to plastic, generally speaking, and that is the time where you want to throw a standard worm or even a four-inch worm, something a lot shorter. So there is there is a rule of thumb to that, but as always with anything, we always want to experiment, but, I, experiment, but I'm never, for example, I'll just be real specific, I'm never throwing a 10-inch worm when the water's in the upper 50s. Just not going to do it. Now, if it's in the 70s, absolutely, I'll throw it. And, and that's just maybe history and probably throwing it a lot and not catching them taught me to do that. You know, but that's a good example. And then also, rate of fall is important, too, on a lot of plastics we use. Sometimes we go big just to slow the fall rate down. And I think that in itself is as important as the size of the bait itself. Absolutely. Good information there. Now, on a, a crayfish, um is it helpful to try to, uh, you know, when we put fish in our live wells, we see what they're spitting up. We see what they're eating. Is it helpful if you can notice that, hey, all these crayfish that are spitting up are four inches? Is it helpful to match that? I sure do. I, I look at the color of them big time, and then I also look at the size. I mean, that's always a good thing. And if you match that, your catch rate will definitely go up. And it, not to say you couldn't throw a big crankbait when they're on that pattern, but if I'm fishing a jig, I'm going to fish a more compact jig if the crayfish are smaller, for sure. Yeah, yeah, and that and that makes sense. But then you're not afraid to, to uh, throw a one-ounce jig in the cases that you need it. Well, and there's times you have to do that when it's deep. For example, there's two times I'll say that a lot of people say one ounce jig on a ledge or whatever, and that's fine. But I'll tell you, there's another scenario where a three quarter ounce jig in super shallow water when it's windy is really good too, because it merely keeps that bow, keeps less bow in your line and you stay connected to it, where they'll bite the three eighths a lot better if it's quiet or a little bit of wind because of the fall rate and the natural look of it. But the fact you just can't feel it, it's getting blown away, um, is the time where you want to go with that heavy jig. And unfortunately, sometimes the windiest spots are the where they bite the best. So it literally, it's matching the tool. And if we're talking about size of baits, I'm throwing sometimes a super heavy jig in super shallow water just because of the wind. Good, good tip there. Um, top waters. Let's talk a little bit about that because you can use all different sizes of top waters. Yeah, we hit on that a little bit a few minutes ago when I was talking about that little tiny shad deal. 
Um, and then the converse of that's true in the fall where we're throwing stuff that looks like you're throwing at a shark. I mean, great big eight inch top waters, you know, that just sound like a boat motor coming across the surface. But that's really more the size of the gizzard shad and where the gizzard shad are located. You know, that's in November, December, at least in the Midwest. Right, right now, that's when that normally is. And springtime, they just will not bite something that big, at least in my past experience. And I'm using, for example, the buzzbait deal on the bass side, the blade size can vary tremendously. And so can the noise we want that blade to make by making it hit something else, metal to make it and make a loud sound. But the, when we talk about size, that's a seasonality thing. But also, if I'm throwing a buzzbait and a little bit of wind, I'm going to go with a bigger blade just so they can find it. So there's a lot to this topic, but it's really important to mess with this stuff. The conditions are going to dictate it. Absolutely. Now on a spinner bait, you can actually change the size of the bait without changing the weight by the trailer that you throw on it. Oh, big time. You can, sometimes you can take the trailer off or sometimes you can choose to really cut bunch of things you can do you can use the straight trailer that just has a couple little points on it it's more streamlined those are awesome like willow leaf blades and there's another scenario when we're throwing around bluegill beds where i'll put a spinnerbait trailer on that's got a lot more appendages to it or like a, there's a bunch of them out there there's a menace there's a z-craw a whole bunch of things it'll bulk that thing up but also put action on itself and that actually slows the spinnerbait down a little bit but that's not a bad thing it looks a lot more like a bluegill too yeah, absolutely. And and as far as taking something off, I know uh, a couple of years ago I mentioned this on a podcast and I don't haven't heard that many people doing it, but on a, when I'm throwing a buzz bait and they're hitting it short and even having a trailer on there and they're still hitting it short, I have uh, been very successful with taking the skirt off the buzz bait and then the the blade is creating the wake and the turbulence right over the hooks and uh, had a lot better success doing that. So sometimes uh uh, less is more as far as putting fish in the boat. Well, it, it, that's a, one of the most fun things about fishing and not just necessarily bass. I mean, we're talking about everything here. There was a time I was, I'm sitting on Lake Ozarks right now and I was down here a month ago and the, when I was crappie fishing, I actually took my eight ounce lead head and I cut so much weight off it with side cutters to slow that fall down so much. Cause I finally, after about two hours of getting my butt kicked, figured out I was going right past them and they're descending feeder. So cutting that jig down, it was literally almost to the point where it was just a 90 degree bent hook and plastic. And that was it. They were a foot down. They were over 30 foot of water, but they were only a foot deep. So those are the kind of things that it's fun to fun to play with. But it was still a big bait for size, a big, you know, three-inch Bobby Garland slab slayer. If you look at that thing, that's a big bait for crappie fishing. So size of bait, oh, you know, what? here's another rule of thumb is if they're biting really good, let's say you got a south wind and a low barometer and it's supposed to rain the next day and everything's good, try a little bigger and try a little faster because the conditions are right to get that big bite. To the contrary, if it's north wind, high pressure, you can see a million miles. It's tough. It's cold. Maybe downsize to get those extra bites because you know it's going to get tough. So sometimes the pressure on the fishery, the pressure on the fishery, or the conditions can dictate size too, not just time of year. Absolutely, and always, always good information from Dan Johnston. Dan, we uh, look forward to talking to you again next week, and always appreciate your time on the podcast. Thanks so much, Dave. Appreciate it. Oh, no problem. That was Dan Johnston. I am Dave Kranz. Steve Sarley is remote, and this segment was brought to you by St. Croix, the best rods on earth. We will be right back after these messages. Probably one of the number one questions I get, you know, what line do I use? It's a big debate. For every tour out there, everybody's debating which line. I choose the simple side. My choice of line is Sunline. One of my favorite lines to use is Sunline. How all can you use it? Anywhere you want to. Anywhere there's water and bass, it's good. Walleye, catfish, trout, speckled trout, sharks. There we go. Uh, I don't say this unless I think it's true, but honestly, it's the best in the market. The outdoors is more than just a profession for us here at Big Rock Sports. As avid anglers, hunters, and outdoor enthusiasts, it's our passion. So advocating on behalf of the outdoor sporting goods industry is a top priority for us. 
Big Rock Sports is proud to serve as the voice and advocate of outdoor sporting goods retailers across the nation. Big Rock Sports works tirelessly to protect our fisheries and anglers' rights. Big Rock Sports, we are here for you. Rule your water. Rule it with a St. Croix rod. Whether you take to the lake, wade the rivers, or cast from shore, St. Croix provides responsive performance, ensuring your success below every surface. With a St. Croix rod in hand, you're a part of a celebrated tradition that has spanned 70 years. Touch, power, and control are right at your fingertips and extend to you the finest fishing experience on the planet. St. Croix, the best rods on earth. Welcome back to the We Fish ASA podcast. I am Dave Cran. Steve Sarley is remote, and this segment is brought to you by Calcutta, an outdoor company that builds gear and apparel for those with a passion for the outdoors. I always like to say that the guests that I have on this program have a passion for the outdoors. My next guest certainly does. He is Randy Lemke. He's vice president of special accounts. Uh, worked for Plano for many years, was acquired by the Pure Fishing Group, but this, this man has a uh, resume uh, longer than, than we have time to do, but he was a 207-208 chairman of the board for the American Sport Fishing Association. In 211, was given the Lifetime Achievement Award for that organization. 219, he was inducted into the Sport Fishing Industry Hall of Fame. He still sits on some committees. He's in, been involved since 1985, and I am proud to call him my friend. I have served on several committees with him. Welcome to the program, Randy Lemke. Thanks, Dave, for, for all that. Friend and neighbor. And neighbor, yes. Yeah. <clears throat> we both live in northern yeah. Illinois, so it's... Uh, yeah, I, uh, I've been uh, very fortunate and blessed to uh, do something my whole uh, life career, sport fishing, uh, and uh, I'm kind of like you. If I'm involved in something, I, I want to give back to that uh, organization. So a uh, long time ago in the 80s, I uh, was working for a... Uh, fishing company and started getting involved with the, the industry, going to the meetings and the summits and the shows and volunteering for committees and uh, all that kind of stuff. And, uh, you know, it, 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 ASA is a great, great organization. The roots go back to uh, 1933 when after the big depression, a lot of industry started banding together uh, to, uh, come out of the recession or the depression that was, and they realized that their shared interests uh, brought them together. And uh, so the American Fishing Tackle Manufacturers Association was came along in 1933 and uh, remained man mostly manufacturers all the way up to, uh, in, in the 80s, there was, you know, call from within the organization to not make it just manufacturers focused, but to, to branch out. And that has been a wonderful thing. Uh, you know, so we, we started welcoming and making members, not only our partners in the marine industry, very closely aligned with the uh, NMMA, National Marine Manufacturers Association. Our, our goals are very, very similar, of course. Uh, but opening it up to independent dealers, big box stores, government agencies, non-government agencies, uh, media, all kinds of people to make it very, very inclusive. And it's grown by leaps and bounds ever since. Yeah, and for those that haven't uh, uh, come on the bandwagon and, and joined the American Sport Fishing Association, if you're in this industry, you need to do so. The uh, the people that you get and the knowledge you'll gain of the industry that you're making a living in is uh, is so good. And for the average fisherman out there, um, you know, keep America fishing. Uh, uh, keep America fishing .org. Go to that and and become a member. Help help the fishing community and help everybody. Uh, that uh, provides these uh, opportunities for all of us uh, to continue to do so. And uh, uh, Randy, you, you've seen everything from the beginning, it seems like, and uh, uh, it's been a long time. And, uh, you know, uh, did you plan to be in this industry? Well, no, um, I, I really didn't. You know, just uh, graduated from uh, college and got married and, you know, all of a sudden, kind of morphed to that, you know, which I was familiar with. I grew up in northern Michigan. I didn't move to Illinois until uh, uh, 
uh, I was a freshman in high school. My, my parents moved back here. And so I grew up on the water, fishing, hunting. And, and so I was just very comfortable with that and uh, started working in retail initially. Then I went to work for a uh, wholesale distributor. And uh, then, you know, the last uh, 22 years with uh, Plano and Pure and all that. So, yeah, it's been, you know, you should always try to find something that you love to do. Not that every day is great, but, it, you know, it, it's just a lot of fun. And you meet a lot of great people uh, over the years. And some of our uh, lifetime friends are all members of the uh, sport fishing industry. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, anything that has surprised you in the sport fishing industry from from uh, the, the, the past to how different it is today? Yeah, uh, it's an interesting question because initially, as a manufacturer's association, morphing into being wide-ranging, inclusive, and, you know, there was a little bit of pushback initially. It was kind of like, well, we're a, we're a manufacturer's organization. Well, we have to be involved in advocacy. If it's not us, who who's going to take the lead? And so that, those were discussions that were happening in the 80s. And I'm very proud of the way that, that it's grown into this giant advocate. The government affairs is probably the number one thing that we have done right. I mean, we've done a lot of things right. We host the trade show and uh, it's largest in the world. But the government affairs, getting our voice heard by the government agencies, not only at the federal level, and, you know, you talk about a bureaucracy, if you don't get involved in it, you'll get left behind. And our, our, our group does well there, state organizations, local organizations, you know, it's just real grassroots. I mean, sport fishing is a big deal. I mean, there's like, I think the economic impact last I heard was like 129 billion, 120, 100, 800 and some thousand jobs. And you've got 55 million anglers and I think they've even figured in the last couple of years when sport fishing jumped, uh, you know, by 25 or 30 percent as people were looking for stuff to do that was safe outdoors, COVID family oriented. And uh, yeah, it's the fourth largest participation sport in the world. I know soccer's number one, and I think bicycling is ahead of sport fishing. Mm -hmm. But, you know, People think golf or tennis or something, and fishing is way bigger than that, way bigger. Yep, a lot more people participate than uh, than than you would ever think. And and our industry, for as big as it is, uh, for the dollars and the jobs that it produces, um, is really um, small on the manufacturing end. There's really not that many players. I, I know uh, being involved uh, as I have, I. I didn't realize that until I started going to the Sport Fishing Summit, and I have attended every ICAST, I believe, since 1991. Well, I don't even think it was called ICAST at the time, but it was, might have been it was no. something else. But but the um, uh, you realize what you know? It's a it's a big industry, but it's it's a small family of of people that really um, run it. Yeah, for sure. Uh, International Consortium of Associated Sport Fishing Trades, what ICAST stands for, I believe. Pretty close. But uh, the, the people, you know, one company buys another one, but the same people go to work for that company. And, you know, it's, uh, you know, you, you really see a lot of people that move around. Some concern over the years that it's, uh, you know, as companies consolidate, which I guess is kind of natural in the scheme of things, um, that there's less and less people. I mean, less and less companies, but bigger companies, that kind of stuff. Yeah, yeah. And, uh, um, yeah, there, it's just a... Um, it's a fun industry to be involved with. It's it's interesting to learn it from the inside out. I, I didn't get involved until I was... Uh, Oh, I think 20 years into the business, and uh, I've, I opened up my first tackle store in 1981. So I've been involved a long time, and um, but the um, it's just fun and it's it's a good thing. Where do you see it going? Where where do you see? I mean, COVID was a 
was a blessing in a way for business-wise. It's not good that it happened, but it brought people to us. Where, where do you see us going from here? Well, I think the future is very bright for fishing. The, 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 the light's been shown upon uh, people that got involved. I mean, it's something like 8 billion more licenses sold uh, in, in the COVID period. So if you can retain X amount of that, 10%, 20%, look at the huge jump. Um, so the, the Keep America Fishing uh, advocacy part of the association gives the average uh, fisherman a chance to get involved. Uh, Keep America Fishing, you know, you can go over, you can buy a fishing license on that site or get all kinds of information about how you can become involved and what's going on. So that government affairs process is really, really interesting. And, and the future, I think, for fishing is tremendous. Tremendous. You know, get kids involved in fishing. There's a lot of good organizations doing that stuff. Statistics show that if you teach a kid, take them fishing before they're 10 years old, they're like 50% more likely to become fishermen as adults at some point in their life. If you, you don't take them fishing when they're, you know, under 16, they're probably not going to get involved in it as an, as an adult. So there's a lot of focus on getting kids into fishing and youth and organizations and stuff like that. And that's very, very important as well as the government affairs and, and the, all the other things the association does. Absolutely. And along with Randy, I would encourage everybody uh, that listens to this program to take somebody that um, – uh, has never fished or take somebody that has lapsed and, and maybe doesn't have the opportunity, uh, doesn't have a boat anymore or, or uh, is older and would still love to do it, but doesn't, uh, you know, have, have the means or the, uh, the body uh, that physically it physically takes to go out, put the boat in, take the boat out. It, it, it doesn't have to be out of a boat either. You can fish off the bank and still have a lot of fun. And uh, uh, I know both Randy and I enjoy our time on the water when we get to get out and, uh, you know, hopefully uh, we'll get to do that sometime this summer together, right, Randy? Okay, well, I, I, I could pick you up on the way. I know, it's not a, not a far drive, and we both fish uh, some uh, nice lakes in uh, uh, Wisconsin, southern, uh, southeast yeah. Wisconsin, and, and they're really good bodies of water. Well, you know what, there, there's a, uh, a million questions I could have for you with your uh, longevity in the industry. I'm just so happy that you're there and happy to know you and... Uh, uh, Really appreciate you being on the program, and uh, we're going to do this again sometime if you if you're willing. Yeah, absolutely. There's a lot of lot of rabbit holes to go down. I mean, the federal excise tax. Most most uh, fishermen do not realize that there is a voluntary. It was voluntary when it was put in federal excise tax on all fishing gear, and that contributes uh, like 1.6 billion to the you know economy. Uh, is used by that money that goes in that or fishing restoration fund is divided up and given back to the states so we could do a whole uh, segment on on that and uh, yeah. impact to that absolutely and and we may and uh we're up against the clock here randy i definitely thank you for being on the program yeah, and uh no oh, no problem we will talk okay. to you again right, thanks dave thank you that was randy lumpke from uh He's Vice President of Special Accounts, Plano slash Pure Fishing. I am Dave Cran. Steve Sarley is remote. And this segment was brought to you by Calcutta, an outdoor company that builds gear and apparel for those with a passion for the outdoors. The We Fish ASA podcast will be right back. The outdoors is more than just a profession for us here at Big Rock Sports. As avid anglers, hunters, and outdoor enthusiasts, it's our passion. So advocating on behalf of the outdoor sporting goods industry is a top priority for us. Big Rock Sports is proud to serve as the voice and advocate of outdoor sporting goods retailers across the nation. Big Rock Sports works tirelessly to protect our fisheries and anglers' rights. Big Rock Sports, we are here for you. Calcutta, we're an outdoor coastal trading company that builds gear and apparel for those with a passion for the outdoors. Born in the back of a Florida bait-and-tackle shop, Calcutta was created with a rebellious spirit and a goal to offer hardworking outdoor products at a reasonable price. Calcutta builds the products that fit your lifestyle. We're on a mission to help you reclaim your free time and to declare mutiny on the mundane. Depend on Calcutta gear and apparel.
Bass anglers have heard it all when it comes to manufacturers having the best casting rail. Well, Daiwa can back it up with the Tatula SV. The Tatula SV has three key features that make it the most versatile casting reel on the market today. The SV spool is a lightweight aluminum spool allowing for long control light lure casting. MAG4Z gives you the option to set a precise casting range no matter what lure or wind situation. The Daiwa T-Wing system reduces line angle and friction when casting. Distance, control, and finesse like no other reel on the market. Petula, the ultimate finesse long cast system designed by Daiwa. Welcome back to We Fish ASA. I am Steve Surley. My partner Dave Kranz is not here. He is remote. I am here with uh, one of the most popular fishermen in the world. As a matter of fact, he is known as America's favorite fisherman. Many of us have watched him almost our whole lives on television. He is so well-liked. His, uh, his uh, personality just uh, comes across the screen amazingly. He's also a good, good guy and a great fisherman. Please welcome the one and only Jimmy Houston. Hey, Jimmy, how are you? I'm doing good, Steve. How are you doing? I'm doing just fine, and I'm real excited because uh, uh, other than being on the, the phone taping this interview today, you and I are going to be spending a little bit of time together in the near future. Uh, I'm going down to the uh, Redcrest Major League Fishing Championship in Tulsa, Oklahoma next week. And then the week after that, I'll be down in Springfield, Missouri at the uh, Bass Pro uh, event. It's the biggest fishing show event in the world, they say. And Jimmy Houston's going to be at both of them. And I'm excited to, to spend a little bit of time with you. Are you excited to be, not, not to be with me, but are you excited to be down at these events? Oh, you bet, man. I'm telling you what, those are going to be great events. Those are going to be two really special events. Uh, the, the Major League Fishing Championship event where the guys will be fishing on Grand Lake. And then the following week, beginning Wednesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday over in Springfield at the, the grandmother store, as Johnny Morris calls it. <laughs> and uh, the biggest fishing event ever held in the United States of America. Great concerts. Uh, my buddy Chris Jensen and Luke Bryan will be in there doing concerts along with several other people. And uh, it's just going to be a spectacular event. It's a, it's an event that people need to, both events really are events that they need to plan the whole weekend for. Oh, you're, you're bringing up so much to talk about here. First, I want to talk, you're the busiest guy in the world. I know I was trying to book this interview and you're on the water and, and you're, you're doing sponsor obligations and, uh, uh, he said, I, I can't do it Monday. I'm out with the, the president of uh, O'Reilly Auto Parts. Uh, you know, that's so cool. <laughs> so cool. You, you get to hang around with people like that. And I'm always happy to mention a sponsor when something like that happens. But th there is so much that goes on in your life uh, with, with fishing and filming and travel and hunting. But one of the things that people don't realize is how much time you spend going across the country and making appearances at churches. Yeah, see, we do. Uh, I, I don't do really a lot of churches, but we'll do probably fifteen or twenty a year. And uh, we just did one. Uh, we just did an appearance uh, last week at Gadsden, Alabama, at a, a great, great church there in uh, in uh, Gadsden, Alabama. And I'll be at uh, Abilene Baptist Church down in Martinez, Georgia, which is in Augusta, Georgia. Actually, be there next Thursday, the night before uh, the Red Crest starts on uh, on Friday. I'll be flying. Back into Tulsa early Friday morning. I think I get back in there about nine o'clock. I fly out of out of Dent Martinez down there about five o'clock Friday morning. But uh, yeah, we get we get to speak at several churches throughout the year, and it's quite an honor to get to do that. It 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 means so much to you. This is not a sideline. This is your main thrust is uh, bringing people to Christ. Well, it's what we work on a lot every day. You know, we have a couple of YouTube channels that are. One of them is just a regular Jimmy Houston Outdoors YouTube channel that, uh, that we have a, a lot of stuff on there, a lot of fishing, a lot of fishing tips. Uh, we also have some hunting. We have our, our deer on there, our, our pet deer and our deer that we raise and, uh, here at the ranch and uh, a lot of uh, situations there. We had just watched a, uh, just had a, a, a baby owl hatch out uh, out <laughs> in the lake that we got a picture of this morning and little things uh, not any bigger than uh, was not. It's pretty small. It's hatched out in a, a, a stump out in the middle of the lake, and we're going to video that little owl as it grows up. The mother owl's already got a, 
a duck in there that she's caught and put in there to feed that baby with. And and uh, but we will show we show things like that on our, our regular Jimmy Houston Outdoor YouTube, YouTube channel. But we've got a channel that's called Catch of the Day. That is, uh, we simply do a daily devotion there every morning. We post that at five o'clock central time every morning. It's got a uh, devotion built around fishing. It's got a scripture and a fishing tip for every day. So not only do you spend a, a little, little few minutes in a minute, the, the, the deals are only five or six minutes long. It's not very long videos, but uh, a little bit of the word of God, a, a devotional, and then of course a fishing tip. So a person is going to become a better fisherman at the same time. Excellent. Very, cool. very good. And uh, and uh, you have something in particular that you're spending a lot of time praying for. As many of us who are aware of what is going on in your life are, are spending a lot of time uh, talking to the Lord uh, and your and your behalf and your family's behalf. How how, how is Chris doing? Chris is doing well. We just uh, actually came in off the lake for lunch, and uh, she had lunch with us, and uh, has got a guy coming here in just a little bit. Going to be doing some rehab. And uh, she's doing physical rehab. She's doing well. She's it's been 11 months since she had that stroke, and she still can't walk. But she's getting closer to being able to walk every day. Her speech is better than uh, getting better all the time, and she's going to completely recover. It's just been a, a battle here for the last 11 months, and we don't know how much longer it's going to take for her to fully recover. But we we know that she is. We know that God is healing her. It's a, it's an amazing story. She's a wonderful person and a great. Fisherman, uh, you know, one of, one of the best female fishermen of all time. And uh, I tell you what, I, I, if I, I wouldn't cross her if I were you because she is one tough lady. <laughs> she really had great success fishing tournaments. You know, she fished bass and gal for 21 years. I think during that time she probably won at least 25 boats. She won <laughs> uh, seven Angler of the Year titles and four bass and gal classics and uh uh, you know, I don't know how many tournaments, lots and lots of tournaments. And uh, so she, uh, she's, uh, I guess, won more in women's fishing than, than anyone. And so she's, yeah, she catches them better than I do. <laughs> no doubt about that. Oh, excellent, excellent. And, and of course, uh, I, I pray for her, everybody, everybody in the sport uh, that knows what's going on, prays for her as well. And uh, we look forward to her total recovery. Thank you. Well, we sure appreciate that. The prayers are working, no doubt about it. She's got literally, I think, probably hundreds of thousands of people praying for her, and it, it certainly has made a big difference, no doubt about that. All right, let's talk about this Major League Fishing Redcrest 2022 championship event. Uh, it's a huge uh, deal. It's, it's uh, Major League Fishing's premier event. It's a 41-man field featuring the best anglers in the world, on that 41-man field, uh, there, there's 15 Angler of the Years amongst that group of guys. You've got Forest Wood Cup winners. You've got winners of Bassmaster Classic. That field doesn't get much better than that, and, and they picked to have it at uh, Grand Lake of the Cherokees in Tulsa, Oklahoma. Did you have anything to do with picking that spot? <laughs> No, I didn't really have anything to do with having it in Tulsa, but they're going to catch that lake just right. Tulsa is a great uh, fishing town. The crowd should be good at the tournament uh, uh, at the Expo Center there in Tulsa when the guys come off of Grand Lake. and uh, The lake is going to just fish beautifully right about now. They're going to catch some big strings, and uh, there's guys that are fishing in that tournament that uh, – that have won, my example, like my buddy Edwin Evers has won uh, the Bassmaster Classic on that lake and knows the lake extremely well. And But, uh, golly, it's, it's 41 or 42, whatever it is, just terrific fishermen. And uh, you, it'd be hard to pick one person against the rest of the field because it's, the field is just so good. But uh, it, it'll, be, it'll be a terrific tournament, and I believe the show will be good. I think there'll be great crowds there, uh, the, the whole uh, area of northeastern Oklahoma is just full of bass fishermen, so I think it's just going to be a spectacular event. And uh, I'll be there all—I'll be there all three days of that tournament. Also, I fly back in Friday from Georgia, and I'll have my Shell Rotella boat in the show. Actually, they'll be able to to see that boat that that I fished uh, fish out of this year and last year, and and uh, we'll have our new catch the better life book in there and. And uh, we'll be meeting people and visiting with them every single day. So it's going to be a lot of fun. There's a lot of, there'll be so many exhibitors there that it's amazing. Just about all of the people that I'm involved with, I've talked to, uh, are planning on being there at that event. Mercury Motors is going to be there, Garmin Fish Locators, 
Ranger boats. I mean, just about everybody will be there. So it's going to be a it's going to be a tremendous event. Yeah, it, it sure it sure is, and and it, it's it's free. Uh, free parking, free admission. Uh, you can't beat that. Uh, nothing fishermen like better than the word free. Uh, and, and you'll be down there to get to get to meet all of the top fishermen, have your picture taken with them. It, it's an exciting event. Um, seminars. They've got giveaways. Uh, they're giving away a Toyota Tundra. There's there's giveaways constantly. Uh, I can't think of anything uh, that weekend that it would be better to do than attend. The Red Crest. <laughs> oh, it's going to be a lot of fun. I, you know, I saw where my buddy Michael Waddell is going to be there as well. And Michael's a lot of fun to be around. And and uh, Michael's got a son that's actually fishing on a college fishing team. And Michael's not much of a fisherman himself, but he's a he's a great hunter and a great friend, a great person. Oh, I, I, when I saw that, I said, I don't know if anybody's going to be able to talk uh, fishing with Jimmy Houston. Jimmy Houston's going to be busy talking hunting with Michael Waddell. Yeah, we have a lot of fun. We love to hunt. We love to get out there and chase those turkey and shoot that bow and everything else. So we have a lot of fun out there hunting also. We sure do. How do you keep up that schedule? You are, I mean, I guarantee you, every time I see you in that hall, you will have a line of people waiting to get your autograph, ask you a question or whatever. How can you talk to people as much as you do? How can you talk to how can you talk to people? How can you have conversations uh, eight, twelve hours in a row? Doesn't that just absolutely wear you out? Well, we yeah, we really do. We spend an awful lot of time with those appearances, and uh, we spend a lot of time with the people. And uh, we don't we love to be around the people. We're very thankful for what we've been able to do for a living. For the we've been doing the uh, uh, the fishing show for uh, forty five years now. That's an awful long time, and. We fished national tournaments for 54 years before we quit after the 2019 season. And uh, we we're just feel very blessed to be able to do what we, we do. And we just love to share whatever we can share and help the other folks. And so we really enjoy the, the, the events. Evan. Yeah, we do stand there and talk to them later 10 hours a day. We do that. <laughs> and, and, and anybody who says it's a drag or it's not fun don't know you at all because you are having fun every waking minute of the day we put in pretty long days we sure do uh, we're uh, we're out uh, fishing today we got real strong north winds and temperatures about 38 when we started this morning but the fish are biting and the sun is supposed to come out before dark so we're we're out have, having a good time catching bass today excellent 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 uh quick question career-wise you you left no you did not uh did you ever did you ever back off of tournaments to do more media to do more TV? Did did the, did the balance switch for you? Because you never really stopped fishing tournaments. You you fished competitively in tournaments up until just a short short while ago, right? Well, you know, I, I have uh, you know we fished tournaments for fifty four years, which is a long time, and <laughs> we uh, we we had a, a period of time there where we almost quit when they uh, uh, you know BAS had put, put BAS has put a rule in where in order to fish the best master classic or win the angle of the year uh, or get any points to fish the, uh, the the classic at the end of the year, you had to put a beer patch on your tournament shirt and uh, and your boat right, and right. your truck. And uh, we refused to do that, and we thought uh, we were going to have to quit tournament fishing because of that. But actually, they uh, either we didn't understand the rules correctly or they changed them a little bit where we could still actually fish the tournaments, but uh, we just couldn't get any points and couldn't qualify for any more Bassmaster Classics. And uh, we fished 15 or 20 Bassmaster Classics, but uh, we couldn't qualify for any more. And, uh, but we continued to tournament fish even, even when that happened. We just... Uh, we couldn't get any points to fish the championship, or and then it was a, events that we could could not qualify to fish for. But uh, but we continued to tournament fish, and we really only quit tournament fishing because of a rule change uh, after the 2019 season. They uh, they put the rules in where we couldn't um, Chris couldn't practice with me at the tournaments. I, I I had to do all three practice days by myself. Which I didn't mind, except I didn't think that'd be much fun, and Chris would have to be sitting back at the uh, 
the hotel room and couldn't go out and practice with me. And so I thought that it probably, it, you know, if, if you take the fun out of it, there's no reason to really do it. And right, so we right. decided uh, after, after 2019 not to fish it. We had a pretty good year in 2019. We won over $50,000 in tournaments. So it was a, a pretty good pretty good tournament year. And, and I would have continued to fish, uh, as it turned out, with Chris having that stroke last year in April. I would have had to quit that year kind of right in the middle of the season. But... Uh, but we, we, we enjoy tournaments for a long, long time, and I, I love them to death. And, and uh, you never can tell. I may go back fishing someday. Let me, let me take a real quick break. Let our sponsors have a word. Folks, this is Steve Surley from We Fish ASA. We're here with the one and only Jimmy Houston, who will be at the Red Crest Major League Fishing Championship Tournament down in Tulsa, Oklahoma, the 23rd through the 27th. See the best fishermen in the world and an incredible expo that uh, everybody's going to enjoy and a, and a beautiful place to go, Tulsa, Oklahoma. Jimmy Houston, we will be right back. You know, when I look at the tournaments I've won, probably four or five of the boats that I've won have been on a tube. But I had completely gotten away from flipping a tube because nobody, nobody made one soft enough. Big Bite has come with this new tour series of baits. The thing that's probably the most unique is when you look at that bait, the salt just rolls out of it. And to me, that is the reason a fish bites a tube and hangs on to it. This isn't one of those, let's go out and catch some smallmouth tube. This is a let's get it done tube. Bass anglers have heard it all when it comes to manufacturers having the best casting reel. Well, Daiwa can back it up with the Tatula SV. The Tatula SV has three key features that make it the most versatile casting reel on the market today. The SV spool is a lightweight aluminum spool allowing for long control light lure casting. MAG4Z gives you the option to set a precise casting range no matter what lure or wind situation. The Daiwa T-Wing system reduces line angle and friction when casting. Distance, control, and finesse like no other reel on the market. Petula, the ultimate finesse long cast system designed by Daiwa. The St. Croix story has evolved over 70 years. With gritty determination, St. Croix built the most advanced fishing rod facility in the world. And with it, a world-class brand that has earned the respect and admiration of anglers around the planet. We will continue to challenge ourselves, our employees, and our partners to be the best every day. We're proud to celebrate 70 years of passion and commitment to making the best rods on earth. St. Croix. Welcome back to We Fish ASA. I'm Steve Sarley here with the one and only Jimmy Houston, America's favorite fisherman. Just talked about uh, his appearance down at the Red Crest Championship in Tulsa. And the next weekend, that's uh, March 30th through April 3rd, he will be at the World's Fishing Fair at Bass Pro Shops Corporate Headquarters. It's where the big store is. It's where the uh, most unbelievable uh, display of conservation is uh, in Springfield, Missouri. It is the World's Fishing Fair, and Jimmy Jimmy will be there. And what an event this is. My goodness. They're giving away stuff every half an hour. They're giving away a Toyota Tundra, a, a Bass Tracker boat, a, a Tracker ATV, uh, just giveaway after giveaway. They've got concerts every night. Dirk Bentley, Luke Bryan. Hank Williams Jr., Luke Combs, the biggest names in country and western. And then you'll be able to meet all kinds of celebrities from the world of auto racing. What bigger names are there than Dale Earnhardt Jr., Martin Truex, fishing, classics, Bill Dance, Roland Martin, Jimmy Houston, Rick Clund, Kevin Van Dam, Hank Parker, at the phone. They've got everybody from guys that just started a couple of years ago to guys that have been doing it all their life. Uh, just a great, great, great lineup. This is all done for conservation. Johnny Morris pulls another one out of his hat. There's an awful lot of money being raised for conservation, and it's all happening in their 500,000-square-foot expo hall, the World's Fishing Fair. I'm excited, Jimmy. How about you? Oh, it's going to be it's going to be an amazing event. I'm looking forward to it. It's, it's going to be super. Uh, there's going to be so much money raised for conservation <coughs> to make fishing better in this country, and uh, it's going to be a super event. Yeah, yeah, it, it sure is. And I mentioned a lot of names, and you've probably fished with most of those fishing guys. I mean, I know, I know, uh, you know, Roland and Bill, you're, you're with them a lot of times, and uh, 
uh, you have fun. It never gets tired be, being with those guys. But like these country and western guys and auto racing guys, are you have you fished with these guys, or are you going to be getting bugged by them all through that weekend asking you to go fishing with them? No, 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 I did not, and I don't even know what that is, to be honest with you. I, I'm. Uh, <laughs> well, I understand they're going to be there, but I have not fished with those guys. Oh, yeah, I've fished with all of them. i fished with Ricky Clunt a lot. Odd Defoe and I fished a... Odd Defoe and I actually fished uh, an, MLF an MLF tournament together and uh, and won a uh, boat. We won a, a, a golf cart, a uh, tracker off-road golf cart, which we both traded in for tracker off-road uh atvs yeah we could hunt in so yeah you bet i fish with most all those guys great great fishermen i i, I love it i remember uh um and we uh, our, our big bass pro up here is up in uh, gurney illinois and they had an event on a weekend and uh i i can't remember if it was uh, dale uh dale jr or not uh there aren't too many guys as big as that and and they brought him in in a, in a helicopter into the parking lot, and uh, I, I could not believe the thousands of people that showed up to see uh, to see a, a a stock car racer uh, more than any professional fisherman ever. It's incredible how the outdoors uh, relates to the racing business. Well, it really is, and you know the great thing about. The, uh, the 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 NASCAR drivers that uh, Bass Pro has aligned themselves up with Tony Stewart and Tony and I fished together. Mark Truex, we fished together, and, and of course, uh, 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 Austin and Ty Dillon. You know, and we fished uh -huh. together. And those guys love the outdoors. They're not just great NASCAR drivers. They love the NAS uh, the outdoors. And uh, you know, I fished with Kerry Earnhardt, Dale Earnhardt's son. Dale and I never fished together, but I fished with Kerry. Uh, who uh, who loves to fish? Dale Jr. doesn't really care much about fishing, but you bet uh, most of the NASCAR fans are fishing fans, and vice versa, uh, because they're the they're, they're the general. You know, they have fans up in the north just as well. But you know, in the south, pretty much everybody loves fast cars and great whip fishing and beautiful women. <laughs> <laughs> excellent, excellent, and, and you know what? And country and western music, which is certainly well represented. Yeah, that's that's a pretty good formula for y'all up there in the north too, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, yeah, for sure, for sure. Yeah, I said it the, is. It is. You, yeah. you you had said Sorry, her, you had said her, <laughs> you, you, Luke Luke Bryant's a friend of yours, and you fished with him. Say that again. I said, I'm having a little bit of hard time. That, that's okay. Luke Bryant is a friend of yours, and you have fished with him. I you know I know Luke well, but Luke and I have never fished together. We've talked about it for the last three or four years. But we have never gone, and he he's talked about coming down here to my place and fish, and now Luke's got a great play, a fishing place of his own. And uh, Chris Jensen had a, had a good one in Alabama, and uh, but he sold it. So, uh, But, yeah, Chris Jensen is a, is a fisherman as well. There's just an awful lot of the uh, entertainers. You know, we've got entertainers here in Oklahoma that are friends of mine that love the outdoors like Toby Keith and, and Blake Shelton. And uh, we've got, uh, I mean, you know, when you get into – you get into country music. Most of those guys love to hunt fish, just like we love to listen to country music. Yeah, for sure, for sure. It's uh, it's amazing, and I love the way it, it crosses over. Because uh, you know, the more you talk about fishing, uh, you know, whether, somebody might not somebody might not like fishing or might not like the fish, but they like Luke Bryant's music. And if they hear Luke Bryant do an interview and he's talking about how he likes to fish. Maybe that person say, "Hey, maybe I should try that." If if Luke Bryant likes it, maybe I'll like it. And and that exposure, oh, yeah. Yeah. that exposure makes it makes it happen. I got excited when uh, uh, Kid Rock, who was originally a rap guy and he dabbled in country, he did uh, uh, he did a lot of stuff for the state of Michigan where he's from, and he got a song where he talks about catching walleyes off a dock. And the first time I heard that, I almost fall off of my chair. I got. Kid Rock, uh, uh, he looks like a gangster, and he's talking about catching walleyes. How cool is that? Yeah, yeah. Well, you know, you're exactly right. You know, one of the things that we've done on television for 45 years is just show the fun aspect of fishing. We, we don't, we're not too much into this, uh, you know, acting all serious and stern and, and you know, uh, competitive deal. And we fish tournaments for an awful long time, obviously, but... 
but, but we never have really looked at anything but the fun aspect of the game. And, uh, and that's what we've tried to do on television, on ESPN for all those years. We're back on ESPN now. Is, uh, is, is we just tried to show the fun aspect of it. And people say, hey, that looks like something I'd like to try to do because that guy's having a lot of fun out there. The people that's fishing with him having a lot of fun. And, and you know, and that's, that's what we all work real hard for so we can enjoy ourselves when we have time to do something. Exactly, and sometimes if you start out and you're too technical, you turn people off because they, they're not following you. They shut off their ears and say, I, I don't know what he's talking about. This is too complicated for me. If you do it and you're laughing and you're catching some fish and they don't have to be monsters, as long as you're catching some fish and showing that you're having a good time doing it, you're you're, you're hooking those people. Sorry to use a, a word like hooking, but that, that is what you're doing is you're, you're getting into the sport. Oh, I agree. I agree 100%. You know, it doesn't need to be complicated. It doesn't have to be complicated. And it's a whole lot like what we do with our Catch of the Day uh, YouTube channel and our devotionals. We, we explain the gospel in a, a simple, easy way. And we talk about relationships with God in a simple, easy way. And it's not preaching, and, but it's a way that everybody can understand and appreciate it. And kind of realize that that's what they need in their lives as well. Excellent, very, very good. Well, I, I am excited to go to these two events and see you at them, and and at Red Crest Championship on uh, on uh, Grand Lake of the Cherokees outside of Tulsa, Oklahoma, will be cool. And I know you mentioned his name, and you probably won't make a prediction, but I, I'm predicting that uh, Edwin Evers is going to win that thing. Uh, not only is he a great fisherman and and a, and a great guy and a good friend, he, he's a he's a pecan farmer. Well, I would think I, I, I would, you know, I I wouldn't pick one man against the field, but I'm gonna tell you what: if you had to pick, that would be a very good choice yeah. because he's certainly a great fisherman. He knows the lake well, and I'm sure he's very well prepared. And, and it'll be a perfect time of the year for him to, to win on that lake again, as he as he did back at the Bassmaster Classic. For for sure, and I, and I joke about being a, a, a pecan farmer. Because you are a pecan farmer as well. You guys have that in common, and I think that is so very cool. And notice I said it right. I said pecan because you've corrected me in the past about saying pecan. <laughs> Pecans. Yeah, what, 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 why, why is it? A, be, a, 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 a pecan, a pecan is, uh, is a, a pecan is something you eat. A pecan is something you use that you go to the bathroom in. <laughs> That is That is absolutely fantastic. And and I gotta ask you a question. Somebody told me to ask you if I talked to you. They said, do you, do you always kiss them fish or is that only for TV? No, I don't kiss them all. Absolutely not. I do not kiss them all. I do not kiss boy fish and I really don't like <laughs> uh, girl fish unless they're cute ones. Oh man, you're something else. The, I don't fish I don't kiss the guy fish at all. I'm from Oklahoma. Oh, <laughs> well, I'll tell you what, being able to talk to you made my day. My day will be made again when I see you at the Red Crest Championship and, and Expo March 23rd through 27th in Tulsa. And then I'll get to see you again at the World's Fishing Fair, the biggest fishing expo assembly of fishermen ever down in Springfield, Missouri, March 30th to April 3rd. Jimmy Houston, thank you for being with me. I appreciate your time. God bless you, my friend. Thank you. I appreciate it. Looking forward to seeing you there. Everybody needs to show up at those two events because they're just going to be absolutely fantastic, something that you'll remember forever. They sure are. Thank you, Jimmy. See you soon. All right, buddy. Take care. That wraps up this week's edition of the We Fish ASA podcast, the best darn fishing show on the radio or the internet in the entire USA. I'd like to thank today's guest, Dan Johnson from St. Croix, Randy Lumpke from Plano, and the one, the only, Mr. Jimmy Houston. How cool is that? I'd like to thank our sponsors, St. Croix, the best rods on earth, Calcutta, makers of a lot of products that fit your fishing lifestyle and passion, and Daiwa. We've got your bass covered, Daiwa Reels. Remember that We Fish ASA presents a new episode of our one-hour podcast each and every week. It's available 24-7 wherever you get your podcast. Don't forget to check out our website, wefishasa.com. You can connect with us there. Ask us questions. Give us your comments. We appreciate all the feedback. Uh, if you like what you hear, please let us know. If there's something you'd like to hear us talk about or somebody we should have on the show, let us know that too. 
I'm Steve Serling. My partner's Dave Kranz. We'll see you next week. Now, let's go fishing! I'm professional angler Kevin Van Dam, and people always ask me, what's the best and easiest way to catch fish? Well, that's simple. Keep our waterways clean and free of litter. You know, tossing your worn out lures in the lake is not a winning move. Pitch them in the trash. Do your part and join me. Visit KeepAmericaFishing.org and pledge to pitch it.